Ignition sequence start. See, Elijah Wan has David Robinson just bamboozled. Kelly out of the corner for three hitters. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. The Houston Rockets select Yao Ming. McGrady at the buzzer. Yeah! Oh! Thompson steps right, shoots for the win of three, and got it! I know what we need to do. I know exactly what we need to do. Russell Westbrook, James Harden. I know what's at stake. It's going to be scary. Not for us. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast, presented by Clutch City Control Room, your home for all things Houston Hoops. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Zola, and you can find me on Twitter at at ZachZola1. And I'm your second host, Britt, and you can find me on Twitter at Britt Robotista. That's B-R-I-T-R-O-B-O-T-I-S-T-A. And be sure to follow the official Clutch City Control Room account at Clutch City CR, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. It's great to be on with you today, Britt. I know it's kind of... uh... It's, it's a little slow for us Rockets fans right now, kind of biding our time until the Lakers heat finals wrap up, waiting for free agency around the corner, waiting for, waiting for the draft. So that's why we want to do something a little different, something a little fun. So that's why in our second segment, we're going to take Russell Westbrook and James Harden and try and build the perfect lineup around them using all current NBA players. But before we get to that, let's start with some, I guess, uh, semi-breaking news in the Rockets world. It's been confirmed today that the Rockets just interviewed Kenny Atkinson, former coach of the Nets, who was let go earlier this season. Britt, what do you think about Atkinson potentially joining the Rockets next season? I would be okay with Kenny. I think that he did a relatively good job during his stint at the Nets, and it really just seemed like the only reason why they let him go halfway through the season so that they could eventually hire um, Nash. So that's probably something that probably shouldn't be something that we take, uh, you know, for or we don't take much stock to. But when he was coaching, I think he was around the Nets for like, what, two seasons, maybe three seasons. Um, But while he was there, I feel as though he really did show that he could be a really good coach with Ross, you know, regardless of the roster that was available. Uh, You know, the previous season, he was able to take a relatively, I guess, you know, pretty bad roster of mostly, you know, young players and some veterans and get them into the playoffs. And he was, you know, in the process of doing that again this season before he was fired right before the stop of the se- or stop of the season due the to the coronavirus. So I wouldn't necessarily dislike him becoming a coach of the Rockets. Um, I have other coaching choices that I would like to see better, but I wouldn't necessarily dislike him becoming coach. Yeah, I – I was honestly surprised that the Nets fired him. I think that he is a really good head coach, and I thought that he did a lot with that Nets team, a bad Nets team for a couple of years there. But at the same time, I, I do have hesitations with him potentially joining the Rockets. I think he's, I think he's a little similar to D'Antoni um, in terms of like offensive schemes, and I don't necessarily see how he comes in to a Houston Rockets team and, and changes things, which is what I think that the Rockets need. Um, so yeah, like you, he's not my least favorite candidate available, but 
I don't, I wouldn't be ex- like that excited if the Rockets went out and signed him this week. Who, who is your top of your list right now? I think the person that remains on the top of my list is um, Sam Cancel and by a pretty far margin. I think he sort of fits the criteria that we're seeing when it comes to the Rockets right now is that Tillman is likely looking for someone who is relatively inexpensive um, that may be able to keep a lot of the same philosophy as Maury, but have the, I, I guess, the um, ability to gain enough respect with the um, Rockets current roster, or I would say specifically Harden Westbrook, since there's a large possibility that a lot of the other pieces may be moving around as a result of, you know, this, our, I guess it's not even summer, but the changes that are going to happen this winter or this fall. Um, so as a result, I am really looking forward to someone who, you know, definitely has a relationship in Houston who has respect for Harden and Westbrook and has, you know, I guess has that experience on a coaching bench um, that would allow for, you know, sort of differences in philosophy. Um, So I I think I would absolutely love to have Sam Cassell uh, be selected as a coach. Um, What about you, Zach? I think I like the idea. Idea of Sam Cassell more in theory than I actually do in practice over some of the other guys available. I think for me, the at the top of my list is actually some of the more unknown guys, like the you know like Stephen Silas, uh, Wes Unsell Jr. These assistant coaches that have kind of been around basketball for so long at this point and have been kind of rising up through the ranks. I feel like the Rockets need someone like that who just you know, knows the game so well, is respected by all the players and can come in and introduce some sort of culture shift. And just, I kind of, I just love the idea of getting someone like, like hopefully like a Nick Nurse type who just kind of comes out of nowhere. The, the common average fan doesn't know these guys' names yet. And they just come into a head coaching job and take the league by storm. I've always been intrigued by that idea. And I think that the Rockets have a good opportunity now to hire one of those guys. I know Steven Silas especially has been on Daryl Morey's radar for at least a couple of years now. I think he interviewed him prior to actually signing Dan Tony. Um, the only thing with, with someone with a candidate like that is I'm worried that Tillman would want to make a bigger splash, um, get, get a more household name, get a Jeff Van Gundy, uh, a Ty Lue, I agree with you that having a maybe lesser known person would help. Um, I think the one thing with Sam Cancel though, is that, you know, although he's a well-known name because of his previous basketball experience, he hasn't had a head coaching spot. And I think that sort of, you know, um, matches with the unsets and, um, the other uh, coaches that you mentioned. And I think another coach that I was actually really interested in was um, David Vanderpool, which I think is also on mm-hmm. the list. Yeah. Of he was the other name that they're going to interview. Yeah. And based on, you know, some of the Twitter threads uh, that I think like um, Corey has done, Scruce and Corey <laughs> has um, made, you know, in between him, you know, bashing people. He actually made a really informative thread about Vanderpool and he, and it's made me more and more interested about him. So, um, I mean, I, I guess check that out. Himself, I don't know much about yeah. him. Yeah. Um, it was a really informative thread. I'll, um, 
I'll add it as, or maybe we can add it to the end of the show notes for the Twitter thread. Um, But in general, when it comes to, I guess just in general, when it comes to whichever coach that is being picked, I'm not so much concerned about a philosophy change per se. Um, Maybe I'm more optimistic um, than you when it comes to the current philosophy of the team. But I think in general that they have had a lot of really good things that have been implemented as part of D'Antoni's system. Um, I, I think just having a change and, you know, an introduction or inclusion of mid-range shooting, for instance, and a few other things can allow for the Rockets to potentially go over the top. So I think having a uh, coach that aligns pretty well with Harden and Westbrook, but then also, you know, aligns with whatever um, Maury and ultimately Tillman is looking for is what I am, you know, hoping we'll be able to see um, and hopefully sometime in the near future. Yeah. I I mean, at the end of the day, I, I agree with you. I think that the, I don't want to completely change the Rockets philosophy. I just want a coach who's, who's not going to be, who's going to be less of a cheerleader and more of like, more of a teacher, more of a, you know, more of a coach. I feel like D'Antoni at points was, was a real cheer cheerleader for Harden. Uh, he was a great coach in terms of schemes and getting along with his players, but I don't know if he was the guy to get the most out of Harden from a consistency standpoint and effort standpoint on a game to game basis. Um, which is, is why I, I don't know. I, th- I feel like I want, someone someone who's kind of been through the ranks kind of risen up slowly over a long period of time is not going to take any crap from anyone and it will just get the best out of his players every game to me uh going back to sam cassell a little that feels like it like it feels a little to me like more of a nostalgia pick because i don't really know anything about his coaching ability Uh, the only thing i know about him is he just, he was just part of a Clippers team that blew another, that blew a three, one lead in the playoffs, which obviously that's not all Sam Cassell's fault, but it's, it's, it speaks to that entire organization and and the coaching staff there. So it's something that doesn't give me a ton of confidence in him taking on a team of his own. Yeah. I mean, I guess I sort of understand that to a certain extent. Um, I mean, I would note that he has been coaching for around 10 years he was you know before he joined the Clippers um, team he was at um, at the Wizards um, as an assistant coach so it's not as though you know he's relatively young at 50 but at the same time it's not as though he is sort of like Steve Nash who just got a coaching spot after um, you know basically just being a consultant for some you know someone for the last you know uh, for the last couple of years in Golden State. So at least he has actually gone up the coaching ranks, um, you know, similar to what you were saying that you would like to have another, you know, a coach that has done that. Um, so I think when it comes to Sam Cassell, um, I, I mean, we may have different thoughts about it, but I think that he at least has done the work, um, maybe a little bit more than, you know, some of the other um, player turn are turned coaches that have come up before. Yeah, I can agree with that. And, and at the end of the the day, none of the coaching candidates right now are are guys that I would be 
totally upset about hiring. It's just that there are probably some that I prefer about others. But before we get to our second segment, let's, let's shift to this. Cause I know we wanted to briefly talk about it is that there was some news today with the Rockets uh, potentially buying into, into a draft pick to, to grab someone. Yeah. So I was reading, actually I was reading USA or US say today sports rockets wire that um ben debose is the Mm -hmm. editor on and he mentioned that um according to minneapolis journalist darren wolfson the rockets are currently in the interview list for former university of minnesota center david or david oturu and i'm sorry if i mispronounce his name um and he's currently projected as roughly the number 30th pick overall so that would be late in the first round um so if they were actually interviewing for someone who is you know significantly that up in the draft and not someone who potentially could you know um, drop into the second round or even drop out of the um, draft altogether. It looks as though that there could be a possibility that Tillman Pertita will actually buy a draft pick. So um, Zach, what are you thinking about that? Yeah, well, I, about the specific player, I'll preface this by saying I have no idea who this person is. I don't watch any college basketball unless it's March Madness. And obviously there was no March Madness this year. So all I know about this, the player is that, um, He's apparently a stretch big, which I'm excited about, but I would be, I would be thrilled to get a draft pick because it would show a commitment to young players that this Rockets organization hasn't had in a really long time. I feel like Clint Capella was the only draft pick that actually stayed on the Rockets for longer than a year. I feel like we've traded, we've, not only traded away our draft picks, but then we traded away people that we picked like DeAnthony Melton, uh, Dylan Brooks, the list, the list goes on and on with this Rockets team. So I would be excited if we, if we tried to buy a pick, cause that would show me that we're committed to developing a younger player and kind of, you know, buying into and buying into the future a little bit more than we had been. Yeah, and I think the other thing to keep in mind as well is that this draft, or at least um, I would have to agree with you that I don't follow college basketball too much either. Um, In fact, I sometimes don't even watch March Madness for some reason. But in general, when it comes to this year's drafts um, or this year's um, players that are potentially going to be in the draft – According to, I, I think, most analysts, they're saying that this draft is more of a developmental draft and a lot of the you know really good selections are going to be in the upper part of the draft. So probably like the top five or six and then the rest of mm-hmm. it is just going to be a, you know, a, you know, whatever, a free for all for, you know, people, um, GMs to actually do their work and figure out what players will match their system. So in that aspect, it could be possible that they're, they're able to obtain a pick a lot easier compared to a more, um, you know, loaded draft like last season's draft or even two years ago tra- draft. Um, so I think that that is a positive, but the, you know, I think I've talked about a few times on Twitter and maybe even on here that I am currently not the biggest fan of Tillman. And until he actually does something, I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. 
But if he does do this, at least that shows that he is willing to put his um, money where his mouth is, um, you know, sort of speak. So um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Tillman either, but <laughs> this would be a good move, albeit pretty unlikely. Uh, I think that this is a, a good place to take a break here. When we come back, we'll be talking about the ideal Rockets lineup alongside Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Coming up. Support for this podcast comes from AT&T. 5G from AT&T is fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. So, should you switch? Well, historically, those were the reasons new tech was adopted. Neanderthals saw that fire heated things fast and made their caves secure from rampaging woolly mammoths. The ancient Romans saw that the aqueducts were a reliable and fast way to transport water, so they stopped carrying water jugs on their backs and adopted them nationwide. Oh, and uh, 1800s Victorians saw electricity light up rooms fast and be more reliable than candles blowing out, so they stopped bumping into walls and made it nationwide. Today is no different. Switching to AT&T 5G is kind of a no-brainer. I mean, historically speaking, it's smarter than candles, water pots, and hungry dinosaurs. AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan may not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. And we're back in here at the Launchpad, presented by Clutch City Control Room, where we're going to be playing a little game, so to speak. So Zach had a great idea about doing something a little bit different since it has been a relatively slow news week here in Houston and with the Rockets. So Zach, take it away. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about this. I The idea is to take Russell Westbrook and James Harden, who... You know, people have been throwing around the trade machines for potentially Russell Westbrook trades and some crazy Harden trades, but both of them are going to be staying on the team. So I want to talk about what would that perfect team around Harden and Westbrook look like using NBA players today, um, take a small forward, a power forward, a center, and we're going to do a six man alongside them. And we're just going to see what the best roster we can create alongside those two is. And we're not allowed to use any all-stars. Any all-stars, let's say, from the last three seasons and no, like, really young budding superstars who haven't been all-stars yet, like like a Zion or, or a Ja. We both created our own lineups prior to recording. We have not revealed our lineups with each other, so I'm super excited to see what you come up with, Britt. Do you want to start us off with your uh, starting small forward? I think for the small forward... I really love Covington in the lineups, and I know that he this last season he hasn't necessarily been playing small forward, or um, he's been mostly power forward or uh, you know center in some instances. But I would really like for him to play more of his more natural position um, as a three, um, and then sometimes you know sort of switch you know, do a three, four, cause you know, really three, four at this point is interchangeable compared to, you know, a, a four or five. So I, I say Covington is my first sort of selection when it comes to adding to, to um, Harden Westbrook. Yeah. I guess in my head, when I came up with this, I didn't realize that current Rockets players were a possibility. And now that I'm <laughs> thinking it over, Robert Covington would have been definitely been a guy I would have liked to pick. I, uh, I did, so I did not go with Robert Covington. I will say that I went with um, TJ Warren, um, not bubble TJ. I don't need bubble TJ Warren. I just need the the normal TJ Warren of the Indiana Pacers. Who's uh, he's about a 15 points per game scorer. 
He can, he can create off the dribble. He can shoot when he's needed and he's a pretty good defender as well. Oh yeah. No, I definitely agree with you with Warren. I think he's definitely a really good pick when it comes to a starting small forward. Um, but I, I just absolutely love Covington and how he was playing was hard in Westbrook. So um, yeah, I, I guess since we didn't have a um, rule saying that we can use current <laughs> Rockets, no, I think do it anyway. I, I think the thing with, for me is I don't know if I would have chosen Covington um, if I had considered Rockets players, but I think at the end of the day, what I was looking for when creating these lineups was, was trying to pick guys who could, who could be playmakers alongside Harden and Westbrook. We saw a lot of times in the playoffs when Harden was doubled, the Rockets offense got completely stagnant because they didn't have enough guys on the court who could actually do anything when they were given the ball with time left on the shot clock. So I, I was looking for a guy like TJ Warren who is really good uh, is a really good playmaker and really good at driving strong to the basket. And I feel like could take a lot of that offensive burden away from Harden Westbrook and actually make the defense not allow the defense to double team as easily. Covington probably a better shooter than Warren, but isn't really able to do much off the dribble. So I like my pick. I think we, I think we both made some good picks there. Um, who did you take as your power forward? So for my starting power forward, I'm going to be a homer again, but pick someone that everyone is not currently liking. So I'm going to say Daniel House for my power forward pick. And here's the deal. I completely agree, and I have also been really disappointed and upset that um, Daniel you know, did what he did during the bubble. And I think that definitely contributed to what happened during the second round with the Rockets and the Lakers. However, before that happened, I felt as though he was an outstanding, or he was contributing really well as part of the Rockets rotation. He, you know, was coming in, um, you know, giving rest for PJ Tucker as well as Covington. And he was playing outstanding, you know, basketball during the first round, especially, you know, OKC. He had moments where I, I don't, it, I think if he wasn't there, we probably wouldn't have got into the second round and even have that conversation about the Lakers. So even though, and the other thing too, is that I don't think we would get good value from the, you know, trading um, house for anyone. Uh, So, you know, so my thought process is if the Rockets players are okay with him. I think that's ultimately the thing that has to be kept in mind is that if they're not okay with him returning, then, you know, there's probably not much we can do, but if they are okay with him returning, they understand what happened, then I think he's worth keeping on and actually making a starter, making him a starter. What do you think? Yeah. uh, Daniel House, I'm I'm super disappointed in how that shook up because it sounded like James Harden, wasn't ha- ultimately wasn't very happy with with how he acted in the bubble and how that all played out because like I talked about in the first segment the Rockets haven't really developed any draft picks but Daniel House was the first young player in a long time that they had acquired and had really been you know committed to to developing and I thought that he was fitting in really nicely with the Rockets but with that being said I would kick Daniel House to the curb in a second if we had the opportunity <laughs> to select my my pick at power forward, which is a guy that I've wanted on the Rockets for 
many years now, and that is Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic, who is six foot eleven. His wingspan is like seven six. He's probably an even better perimeter defender than Covington. He's not an amazing three point shooter, but he can make an open three and he can uh, drive strong to the basket. But but mostly this is a pick for his switching ability. And with Harden and Westbrook, as we've seen, you need a bunch of guys on defense that can switch switch at will pretty much. And I think that Jonathan Isaac is at the top of the league when it comes to, you know, perimeter defense and switching ability. Yeah. I think the one thing with Isaac is his, you know, his injury history that gives me a lot of alarm bells. Um, You know, he was injured in the um, playoffs this season after coming back from, you know, another injury. So I I think with him, he's definitely that type of player that Maury likes, and he would definitely fit whatever switching scheme, um, if that is used by the next head coach or, you know, whoever is the head assistant coach, um, if they are a defensive-minded person. he would definitely fit that mode or mold that Maury wants to use. But I would have to say when it comes to his injury concerns, that that's something that I can't like d- ignore. The question is how, um, you know, if he is going to have a year where he's not, um, you know, um, not being unavailable because of injury. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess in my in my fantasy world, I had turned injuries off, all the injury settings off. But uh, if I'm thinking realistically here, then uh, that is definitely a concern, as it is probably also a concern with my center pick, who is uh, Brooke Lopez of the Milwaukee Bucks, who I think is the perfect player in the NBA for this Rockets team. He is an elite, elite three-point shooter. He's big, but he can space the floor. And he's also turned himself in a, into an elite defender in recent years. And he was recently on, a, on an all-defense team. Uh, who is your pick at center? So I guess I may have cheated a little bit. So I have three separate picks. So it'd be okay, like either okay. or. So it would either be Demonis Sabonis or Miles Turner or Aaron Baines. And I think I have the exact same thought process as you is that all three of them have the ability to shoot and have been shooting a lot more since, um, you know, since having a stretch five has been a thing. Um, I know that Aaron Baines has been a fan favorite when it comes to <laughs> the Rockets, um, especially the last Absolutely. year or so. Um, but I think that um, Sabonis and or, or, or Turner would be um, easier pick to actually be a lot more realistic to get because most likely Indiana, if they lose um, Old Depot, they'll um, most likely, you know, either blow up the team or at the very minimum, they're definitely going to have to make a decision between Sabonis and Miles Turner because they're, mm-hmm. they're almost exactly the same when it comes to, you know, their height, their play style, they, they're, basically the same player. So I don't know if they want to keep, you know, keep both of them for another year. Yeah. My I, Turner is a, a legit trade target this summer. Who is someone that I would love to have joined the Rockets. I know that the contract situation with Eric Gordon and it kind of lines up pretty well. If you throw in some filler players and, and some picks, I don't know exactly what the Pacers are looking for, but if the Rockets can pull off a trade for Turner, I think that that would make them infinitely better because 
it's not the small ball. It's not the system of small ball that needs to change. It's just that you need small ball in the sense that we're going to keep switching on defense and we're going to keep shooting a lot of threes. It's not going to change. It's just going to become slightly bigger ball is, is what would be, is what would be the ideal situation for me, which is why I think that all of your picks, all of your picks are good. Um, Baines is another target and free agency that, that could become available for the MLE. So let's move on to the bench. Who do you have as your sixth man for this uh, Westbrook Harden perfect team? So I think the sixth man that I would love to have, and I must admit I sort of cheated with this again <laughs> and have two players, but it would either be Bunny or um, Harold or um, Bogdan Bodanovich, both from the um, Kings, and who knows if they would actually want to move now that um, Alvin Dentry has been hired as the head coach of the team. Sorry, buddy but, healed, you said. Yeah. Okay. Buddy yeah. healed. Yeah. Buddy healed or Bodan Bodanovich, <laughs> if I can say their names correctly. But either way, I, I feel like with both of those players, they have they have that like you know that shooting strokes that the Rockets have missed at times. Uh, I definitely love, I, I absolutely love um, McLemore and I hope that we can keep mm-hmm. him on because I feel like that was the first, he has been, you know, one of the first players who has consistently just hit shot after shot after shot, um, you know, even with his defensive liabilities around. Um, but if we could have a six man, you know, I'm not, I'm pretty sure that Rivers is going to be gone and um, as well as Eric Gordon. So if we can bring in someone like Buddy and he's okay with, you know, being a six man and coming in, you know, and subbing in for either Harden or Westbrook, you know, when needed, that would be my absolute dream. And then also with um, Bodon, he, I mean, I think we all remember that shot um, during, you know, the Sacramento game that, had the Rockets lose. So having someone like that who is almost like a guarantee (laughs) winner (laughs) when it comes to late minute or last minute heroics would be outstanding player to add to our roster. Yeah. I went with, um, in this role, I, I was looking for like, you mentioned Austin Rivers. I was looking for uh, a better version of Austin Rivers. And I went with Marcus Smart, who who to me is he's like a Patrick Beverly on steroids type guy. Mm. I think he's, he's an elite defender. He's added a three point shot to his arsenal this season and last season too. He has like the Celtics all time three point record, I think for some reason somehow. Um, But that's a thing. Um, I just think he would be a perfect fit for this Rockets team because he's, he's a decent ball handler. At least he's comfortable handling the ball. Um, he can shoot and he's a great defender. So I think off the bench, he'd be an amazing energy guy, uh, for the Rockets and then could play potentially in some three guard lineups with Harden and Westbrook during, uh, during some stretches. The only issue with Marcus smart is that I absolutely hate him because he is, <laughs> <laughs> he's very, uh, very annoying to watch, but I think he'd be a great fit on this Rockets team. So that's what I'll say. 
Yeah, I actually, I love Marcus Smart as well. Um, maybe I just didn't think about it because I know that the Celtics really like him and he yeah. really was, you know, one of the players that kept them in that series uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. So yeah, when I, it comes to Marcus Smart, I just, I, I don't know if it's actually, con- <laughs> um, you know, attainable to yeah, yeah. Uh, get him. You did a much better job of making your picks uh, realistic targets. I'm kind of going with the pipe dreams <laughs> on a lot of these guys. Um, but you know, it's all, it's all, uh, in the name of the game. So, um, but th- this was fun. It was, it was good to, uh, to try and build these, these dream lineups around Harden and Westbrook. I think that's a good stopping place. Do you want to run through your lineup one last time starters and six man? Yep. So, you know, besides Harden and Westbrook, my, um, lineup would be Covington at the three Daniel house. Um, you know, if, the Rockets can, you know, sort of have a kumbaya moment and allow him to return at the four. Mm-hmm. And then for the five, it would be a mixture of either um, Sabonis, Miles Turner, or Aaron Baines. And then for my six man, it would be either someone like um, Buddy or Bodon. Yeah. And for me, it was uh, Westbrook at the one, Harden at the two, of course. And then I had TJ Warren at small forward. Jonathan Isaac at power forward, Brooke Lopez at center, and Marcus Smart coming off the bench. Well, uh, that was fun, Britt. I'm, I'm glad we were able to, uh, to create those lineups, and um, it was good to talk to you. So that's going to that's gonna do it for today's episode of the Launchpad Podcast. If you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you appreciate the consistent digital and podcast breakdowns, analysis, speculation, and voices of our team, please consider clicking the link in the description to check out one of our monthly Patreon subscription options. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Launchpad Podcast covering your Houston Rockets.